All right, this morning, if you would, uh, turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. Uh, this will be a second part to last week's message, Between the Sea and the Siege. I think I'm clever when I come up with titles like that anyway. So, but last week we left off with the Israelites really as sitting ducks in the wilderness. Uh, they were bait in a trap for Pharaoh. Uh, and so this week we want to look and see how God is going to, to get them out of there. And let's begin reading in Exodus 14. We'll read verses 5 through 14. And the word of God says this, And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and the captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with an high hand. But the Egyptian pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pihahiroth before Beelzephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marching after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us? Excuse me, wherefore wherefore hast thou thus excuse me, wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Amen. Listen, this morning, I'll, I'll just say this. We can trust the Lord. Um, but uh, remember last week, uh, when God is leading, there's no need to panic. We often do, but there really is no need. And uh, the area where God leads the Israelites, that we understood from last week, it's, it's a shut-in place. It's, it's not the strategic advantage place. You see on the one side, they're, they're in the wilderness, trapped. And in verse 10, we see the Egyptian armies coming. Uh, They were coming after the people. Uh, They had changed their mind. Their hearts had been hardened. Uh, And the people began to cry out to the Lord. And we we see this uh, also in Psalm 106.7. And it's this, Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. And that term there in in Psalm 106, but provoked him, has the idea of they rebelled against him. Uh, They were rebelling. And uh, even amidst the wonders that were occurring and that had occurred up to this point, and after all the blessings they had received at his hand, when they were in danger, they doubted his power and called into question his faithfulness. Uh, And they begin to question God. And uh, no doubt their exodus didn't look so exciting at this moment. 
uh, maybe we'd made a big mistake. We're going to die here in this wilderness. And, and uh, they start making accusations against the man of God. And uh, have you ever doubted what God was doing? I know I have. I have to be honest with you this morning. And uh, we must remember, even when we don't see it, he's working. As I said last week, God is setting the stage for a miracle here. And uh, oh, that God would help us today to learn from them and trust him more. (laughs) Boy, we have all these examples or examples from the scriptures. And uh, Lord, help us to take heed to these things and make application in our life. And, and as we mentioned last week here at the Red Sea, God is setting that stage. And right now, today, you may be facing your own Red Sea. Uh, I don't know what that is, but I want to tell you this morning, don't panic. And we shared this verse last week. I want to remind you of Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the justice is a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. God will continue to work. God will continue to reveal things to you. And, and God hasn't given up, so be patient. Uh, just trust Him. And, uh, but nonetheless, we know that the people here, they begin to panic and, and uh, they invoke the Lord, is what Psalm 106 tells us, and, and they really begin to rebel against Him. Uh, against him. But look at the response we see that uh, comes from Moses, and he encourages them to not fear the Egyptians and to trust the Lord. In verse 13 of our text this morning, Exodus 14, this thing's sure dropping out a lot today. If you got your phone on and you're goofing off with it, shut it off, please. I think it might interfere with this. So, it, it's the truth, because these work on frequencies, and if you got your, your phone doing all kinds of stuff, but uh, it would be a help to us in all sincerity. But Exodus 14, 13, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. All they needed to do was to stand still and trust God. And I get it, that's hard to do when you're in a crisis moment. Uh, We must trust that He is working. Uh, Listen, He's working to bring us unto Himself. We must remember God allows us to face things that we cannot handle on our own to bring us closer to Him. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace, verse 14 says. Uh, Listen, uh, in the difficult circumstances, don't panic, be patient, and and allow the Lord to work. Listen, He can fight on your behalf. (laughs) You don't want to go it at your own. Go at it on your own. I think I even wrote that wrong in my notes here. Look at what Matthew Henry writes about, and this is in his concise version of his commentary, but this is what he writes in regard to verses 10 through 14. There was no way open to Israel but upward. And thence their deliverance came. We may be in the way of duty following God and hastening toward heaven, yet may be troubled on every side. Some cried out unto the Lord, their fear led them to pray. And that was well. God brings us into straits that he may bring us to our knees. Others cried out against Moses. Fear set them murmuring as if God were not still able to work miracles. They quarreled with Moses for bringing them out of Egypt and so were angry with God for, for the greatest un, uh, kindness ever done them. Thus gross are the absurdities of unbelief. 
Moses says, fear you not. It is always our duty and interest when we cannot get our, out of our troubles yet to get above our fears. <clears throat> Excuse me, I lost my place. Let them quicken our prayers and endeavors, but not silence our faith and hope. Stand still. Think not to save yourselves either by fighting or fleeing. Wait God's orders and observe them. Compose yourselves by confidence in God into the peaceful thoughts of the great salvation God is able to work for you. If God brings his people into straits, listen to this, he will find a way to bring them out. End quote. And so this morning we're going to talk about following God's path or God's direction. And uh, God's direction here in, in verse 15 we didn't read it, but I want us to look at Exodus 14, 15 now. And it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. All they can do is stand there and panic. All they can do is look at the insurmountable obstacle of the Red Sea. All they can do is look at this unconquerable army that's behind them this unnavigable wilderness that's on both sides. And God tells them to move forward. How then can we take our eyes off what is causing the panic? Uh, are you in a panic this morning? Do you feel like you're surrounded, you're in a difficult spot? Uh, maybe because this is going on in your life or that's going on in your life and you don't know what to do. This morning, I want to tell you the solution to resolving panic is obedience. God gives direction here. As the people panic, there, there's a, I, I mean, picture it. I, I don't know how many of you have ever swimmed distance. Uh, I was training for triathlons a, a number of years ago. Um, and, I, and honestly, I never, I did it. An Iron Man is what I want to do, but my uncle was an Iron Man and he passed away of cancer, and so I wanted to do an Iron Man in his honor. Uh, but I realized <laughs> you don't become an Iron Man on accident. <laughs> you know, running a marathon, riding 60 some miles, and then swimming 2.4 miles or whatever it is. And, and so I started swimming. You know, and you go down the end of the pool and you turn around and you come back. That's one lap. And I was gassed. <laughs> I thought, I'm expecting to do this for two miles? Uh, listen, they're in a situation that they can't get out of on their own. The army's behind them. The sea is before them. The wilderness is surrounding them. They're beginning to panic. But God gives direction. We must look to God and His Word in our panic. We must... Seek reconciliation in a situation maybe that you're facing. Is that not what the Word of God says? We must forgive. God says that we ought to forgive. God says that we ought to endure hardness. We can't just quit because it's not easy. It's not comfortable. It's not what we wanted. God says to, I don't know what you're facing this morning but you need to get into the Word of God and figure out what God says about that matter. And then you need to obey it, make application of it. You need to obey the Lord. You need to move forward. Uh, you need to move forward in faith. This is something that doesn't make sense, folks. 
God's telling them to go in the direction of a body of water. Wait a second, that doesn't make sense. Move forward straight into the Red Sea. They are caught between the enemy and the deep sea. Now that doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense to us today. God, we don't see this. We don't understand God. God, this does not make any sense. Listen, and I get it. We have the rest of the story. And so we understand what takes place here. But, but oftentimes when we're in our lives, we, don't, we feel like we're in this impossible situation like they were. This is an impossible circumstance. But there's clear direction. God has told them to move forward. That is the direction God calls the church to go forward. He never calls us back. God calls us to continue on, to carry on, to stand fast, and and to continue going forward in the Christian life. We can't just quit. Listen, God had directed their path thus far, did He not? God knew the people better than they knew themselves. And consequently, He led them in a specific way. They were, God knew that they were not ready for a, a military campaign. In chapter 13 and verse 17, we see that God directs them the long route. They're not ready to go the short distance because they're not, they might get wearied and they're not ready to go to battle. Did you know God's never going to tempt you greater than you're able? So whatever you're facing today, you can trust and know that it's not greater than what God is ever going to allow you to face. 1 Corinthians 10.13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. By the way, what you're facing is nothing new. I don't care how difficult you think it is. I don't care how hard you think it is. And listen, I'm not trying to make light of that because I understand there are difficult days and there's hard circumstances. But the reality is God understands it and it's common to man. But God is faithful. That's where we need to rest. We understand that He is faithful. He will not suffer us to be tempted of of what that we are able, but will, with the temptation, always make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. God will always provide in the impossible circumstance that you face. I encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It it references a lot of what goes on in the the life of the people of Israel as they go through the exodus and and in the wilderness and other parts of their, their lives. But listen, we want the shortest and fastest route. That's what we want. Maybe that's just me and my laziness. But I think if we were all honest this morning, uh, that would be what we want. We just want to get there quick and fast and have the ideal circumstance. But uh, the reality is that's not how God works. God knows what's best and often leads us. He often leads us in the difficult situation. He had directed them to this point. And, and I can't help but think, yea, though I walk through the valley... Listen, God's not going to forsake us. Uh, I want to remind you of Exodus 13, 18. We looked at it last week. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. God was directing their way the entire time. He knew what was going to come. He knew what was going to face them. Listen, this morning, they were in good hands. They're in a good place. And in verses 21 through 22 of chapter 13, we see that God was guiding them with a pillar of cloud and 
in the pillar of fire. God was, was leading and guiding them. Uh, the people were exactly where God wanted them to be, is what I'm getting at this morning. Uh, when the people panic, as we often do, and refuse to be patient, God instructs Moses to tell him to go forward. Continue on. Follow my direction. And of course we know he tells Moses to lift up his staff over the sea and when he does it divides. In verses 14 through 15 we we know that the sea is divided. God opens that up. The Bible tells us he sends a a strong east wind. Uh, Here we, we see a principle. And this again is not what we like. But I think we find this throughout different passages of the Bible. God usually takes us through a problem, not around it. We just want to avoid the whole situation. But that's not how God works. God's going to take you through troubled waters. God's going to take you to the seashore. God's going to put the army on your back. And we don't like that. That's not comfortable. And you say, wait a minute, preacher. You're telling me God allows difficulties in my life? God allowed hard times to come. God allows the enemy to get a strategic advantage, at least what it appears to be. Why would he do such a thing? Because he wants to bring you unto himself. He wants to draw you nearer. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. And we'll see this again in chapter 15. Here's a teaser for chapter 15, verse 13. It says, Though in thy mercy thou hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed, thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. Listen, God's doing a work. Listen, this is getting me excited. We must learn to enjoy the journey. Listen, God desires to fellowship with us along the way. He's not bringing anything in your life that he can't handle and that you can't handle through him. So you just need to glory in it and enjoy that. And that's a hard thing to learn because it is difficult at times. But when we are obedient, he can protect us. Look at verses 19 and 20. And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it became between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud of darkness to them meaning the Egyptians, but it was light by night to these, the Israelites, so that the one cannot come near the other all the night. And so God obscured the visibility of the Egyptians. God protected his people. He he put that between them. God brought darkness or obscurity for the Egyptians, but guess what? The people had light. How much more disconcerting would it be if it just went dark for them? What a blessing to know that we have a God that's given us light. Uh, And and we're not never uh, there alone. And so we know while the the angel is keeping the Egyptian back, Moses stretches his hand over the sea and and, uh, all the night long, and and there's a strong east wind, the Bible tells us, that divides that. and And we know that they go across on dry ground. That's miraculous. They go across in the middle of the sea. And listen, I get it. There's been much discussion. I don't know if you guys, I think it was Discovery Channel or maybe History Channel, one of those. They talk about the Reed Sea and not the Red Sea, and it was more of a marshy thing. And, and listen, they, the Bible tells us they went through the midst of the sea. 
They went through the deep. And uh, look at chapter 15, verse 8. This is the song that they're singing after a great victory, after they get to the other side. Because, listen, sometimes the greatest times are after God brings you through the victory or brings victory in your life. But So here they are on the other side in chapter 15 rejoicing. Look, I just love what the Bible says here. And with the blast of thy nostrils. Oh, ew, that was dangerous. Don't do that if you have a cold. But you just get the picture with the blast of his nostrils. That's embarrassing. This is live stream too, blooper reel stuff. It says, and with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as in heap. And the depths were congealed. Look what it says, in the heart of the sea. This wasn't a marshland. God took him through the midst of the sea. God did a miracle. Listen, to us it seems impossible. But this is just as simple as God's breath of his nostril. Something as easy as me blowing my nose on the carpet here. With God, nothing is impossible. To us, it seems impossible, insurmountable, undoable. But with God, it's just an easy task. It's nothing. For him to send that wind and to dry the ground. And and listen, we know the story. The Egyptians pursue them. Uh, The Egyptians... Uh, draw out into the, into the dry, good ground. And, and we know that the Lord brings a panic on them and, and it begins to cause their chariots and their wheels to come off, the Word of God tells us. And then Moses stretches his hand back out and, and uh, God does a great victory. And look at verse 30 and 31. I need to move somewhat quickly here, I think. Uh, but Exodus 14, 30. Thus the Lord saved Israel... That day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Boy, God renews their faith. Listen this morning, do not quit. The Lord is able to bring you through whatever you may be facing today. I don't know what deep waters you face but just continue to be obedient and follow his direction. God told them to go forward, and so they go. Uh, We need to go forward. Uh, Turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Apparently I need a tissue here. I'm sorry, folks. If you're there, say amen. If you're still looking, say, oh, me. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. The idea here is we just need to be faithful and follow God's direction. Look at what it says. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, Persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch and Iconium at Lystra. What persecution? What persecutions I endured? Look what it says here. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Listen, this morning, uh, we serve a God of the impossible. 
God was able to deliver the people of Israel. He was able to deliver the Apostle Paul and do the same for you. Whatever difficulties you face, whatever challenges in life that you have. Yea, and all that will live godly, godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Uh, I got some good news for you this morning. You will not be the exception. All who will live godly shall suffer. You're not going to make it through being the exception to the rule. There will be difficulties in life. If we are going to follow God, there will be opposition. There will be. Look at what it says. It goes on to say, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Yeah, there's a new flash. It's not going to get any better either. It's going to get more challenging. So what should we do? Look what it says here. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. We just need to continue. We need to go forward. We need to carry on. We can't just give up because it's hard. We can't give up because it's inconvenient. We can't give up because we're not comfortable. We can't give up because we don't like it. We just need to continue. We have confidence to continue through the hard times in these impossible situations, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Look what it says in that from child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Listen, it was good enough to bring salvation in Christ, and we need to continue. Listen, we, we can be assured of these things as the scriptures say. The holy scriptures be confident in these things, we can continue. And it goes on to say, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Listen, God is working through our circumstances and is by his word to furnish us for his good works. And it's all for his glory. We just need to continue. We need to press on. We need to move forward. Listen, we can be assured of that. And look at 2 Corinthians 12, 8, 9. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it for you. It says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And, be, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God will give us the necessary grace or strength to meet each day. It may not be our desired circumstance, our desired situation, but God will be there. Look at that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Boy, the strength of Christ in your life to go and face whatever comes. Every day God allows us to leave. He will give us the, give us the strength we need. He can provide. And listen, I know, I get it. Some days seem to require more of God's grace than others. Because there are difficult days. There are challenges along the way. But when you're in an impossible situation, we still must follow God's path. We still must be obedient to the direction that God gives. <clears throat> Even when it's not popular. Even if it's not convenient. And even if it's sometimes not what we 
would desire. We need to be obedient to his direction in our lives and and his leadership. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Lord leads us in the right path. Uh, He's not going to lead you somewhere where you're going to fail, where it's unwinnable. Now, certainly that might be the case if you try to do an effort. But if you're leaning on Him and trusting Him and following His direction, even though it may seem unwinnable, He can bring out victory where we see nothing but defeat. Sometimes those paths lead us, lead us to hard places. I can't help but think of the paths of righteousness. And oftentimes God takes us to difficult situations and, and we become more like Him through that. Tried by fire, we might say. So why do we want to travel those paths? Look at what Proverbs 12.28 says about it. In the way of righteousness is life. In the pathway thereof, there is no death. Not only, this is what Adam Clark says in regards to that. Not only do the general precepts and promises of God lead to life eternal and promote life temporal, but every duty... Every act of faith, patience of hope, and labor of love, though requiring much self-abasement, self-denial, and often an extension of corporal strength, all lead to life. For in every case, in every particular, the path of duty is the way of safety. I, I, uh, this lady and I were getting ready today, and uh, this example, she was ta- talking about a story and I'd heard it before from her childhood, and and uh, but it was very applicable here. And and so she said I could share it. But uh, when we f- do things God's way, God will protect us. And Cindy, when she was a youngster, didn't always do things God's way. And if I'm, I I believe I remember it correctly, this was after she was saved and baptized. I think even after her mother uh, had been saved, after Betty got saved and was baptized, and they were all in church as a family. Well, um, her mom said, you're not allowed to go to the fair. And, it was a, and she knew it would be direct disobedience for her to go to the fair. Well, Cindy went to the fair. And she got there, and there was a, they were, at the time, I think it was like acid etching on glass and mirrors and things like that. And, and so she ended up winning that, or she purchased it, or something. She, she got one of those things. Well, in the course of being young and dumb and, and goofing off at the fair, that thing got broke and it gave her a cut. And she said, I think I needed stitches, but there was no way I was going to call my mom and tell, me, tell her that I was at the fair and I got cut with this glass. I wasn't even supposed to be here. You told me not to be here. And so she just dealt with it and she has the But if Cindy would have followed the Lord's direction, and been obedient to what God had said, children obey your parents, she would have been protected from any harm. And that's a simple example, but listen this morning, folks. Oftentimes we know what God has directed us to do. We know that God wants us to go forward. We know that God's working in our lives in what direction we ought to take, but we resist and we want to do our own thing. And listen, we remove ourselves from the umbrella of God's safety and protection. And he will not be there to part the sea for us. 
Listen, we need to follow his direction. The path of duty is the way of safety, Adam Clark says. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof, there is no death. God will protect us along the way. I want to remind you as we close this morning what God is doing. We read it a few moments ago, but this is Exodus 19.4. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. This is about God working to bring us into a closer fellowship with Him and to bring Him pleasure. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. That's it. When the way of righteousness takes us to impossible situations, don't panic. Be patient, trust God, follow His direction. Listen, this morning, we are created for His pleasure. The fact is, we owe our existence to Him. We must understand that. We we are not self-existent. We were formed from nothing. Yet, He wants to be our friend. That blows my mind when I think about the thought. I'm nothing, I'm but dust, but God wants to be our friend. This morning, we're in good hands. He loves us. He wants our fellowship. That's a good place to be. Let's close in prayer.